This episode of the Mayfair Theater Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash Podcast. There's over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Podcast. Get a free audiobook on us today. Welcome, everybody, to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. And this is Josh. And uh, you said Mayfair. Mayfair. What is Mayfair? And it has been for 83 years. Do I, have a, do I have a weird accent now? I don't think it's an accent. I think you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fit to form, making fun of Andrew. That's Lee DeMar. Uh, and, and true to our... not listening. <laughs> true to our... Um, Always making plans and researching uh, this guest star happens because Lee happened to be around the theater this afternoon. And so he said, come sit in. <laughs> and he didn't have to use the bathroom yeah, right away. I'm yeah. constipated, so it's great to be <laughs> in the show. And uh, it is October 30th to November 5th is the schedule we're talking about. So we're right on the heels of our madness that is five screenings of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, Which starts tomorrow. Yeah. And you tell people about that, and like one screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show is big. You know, it's a mess. But three in a row is fun. I remember a couple years ago just sweeping up in between shows, and you just kind just of. Just you. Just me. No one helping me. <laughs> and it's just like a, you know. I was alone. <laughs> belt high garbage of toilet paper and cards and popcorn and whatever else everybody throws. It's like knee deep in, in shit. Yeah. And people still, it's so funny because we do so well with the shadow cast, but. Today, I was explaining what a shadow cast is to somebody, mm. and they got all excited about how cool that sounds, and, le- and they said, oh, is that the first time you're doing this? And it's like, no, we've done it a whole bunch of times. What's the weirdest thing you've ever found on the floor? You ever found, like, garter belts and condoms? I've I found a bra bras. once. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did you put it on? <laughs> yeah, I took it home. <laughs> <laughs> he wore it for the rest of the cleaning shift. Um, there's always condoms, because Sam throws condoms. As part of the thing. That's how he walks down Bank Street. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting when we play Rocky Horror and then the next morning there's a kid's birthday party. Like, you really have to find every condom. That is how I remember coming <laughs> in for, like, a, a kid's matinee on, like, the, the Sunday afternoon to work. And it's, it's spotless. But then you look in just the corner of your eye, you catch one condom in the corner. And you're like, oh, no. No. <laughs> but it, it's funny, like, um, especially now, because cult phenomenons are getting old, just like everything else. So now it's Rocky's 40th, an- Rocky Horror Picture Show's 40th anniversary, which means if you got somebody who was 20 when they went to see it 40 years ago, they're now 60, and then you've got punk teenage kids coming to see it. So I find every time we do Rocky Horror, it's this really weird mixed crowd. Because when we show something more so modern... Many, yeah, there's so many aunts and uncles who are super yes. excited to bring their like niece, nephew, yeah. son, daughter. And because it's not restricted a 14 or 15 year old can just come see it. Yeah. And even uh, for, we, we screened The Shining and The Exorcist um, a few days ago, and it was a super fun night because we had a power outage, so that made it more good ambience but it, to I it. think it was our first power outage where the power was only out for like 10 minutes yes. instead yeah. of the rest of the night. But I was in the box office and I heard people scream. 
Like, I'm not 100% sure what part the movie was at, but I heard a couple of women scream in fear as the power went out. So I just poked my head in and I, and I yelled that it was a power outage. And then I poked my head outside and like the city was Everything out. Was and uh, ran upstairs, got the projector all fixed because um, the movie keeps going. It's, it's self-contained. So it was, so I, I stopped that. It has a power supply. Yeah. So the power for the DCP projector stayed on. While well, the city was out. Out. So we could have... The movie kept yeah. running. Yeah. yeah. The time code and everything. Yeah. <clears throat> the because out. there's nothing more important than movies. Movies, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'll keep people from rioting. That's good. And, uh, but it, and, then, and then people... Um, I forget who it was. Like Everyone has a Twitter account now, but it was like at Hydro or somebody posted an overhead of the city. And... It's just random splotches everywhere. It was really everywhere. weird, yeah. But I, I texted <laughs> Marcus, our, our projectionist guy, and he was at... The by town. I was thinking. <laughs> I keep, keep, keep keeping, keeping things in my head. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Marcus happened to be at the by town, and they went out, but yeah. only for a minute. <laughs> Phil got very angry when I told him that. I oh saw yeah. Phil's the manager at the by town. Right. And I told him, "Yeah, your power went out too," and he was against me saying that. Yeah. He doesn't. He. I guess he was there and didn't notice the power. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Marcus says the power went out of the by town. Phil yeah. says it didn't. Aha. <laughs> Conflicting reports. We'll yeah, get to the yeah, bottom of this. Interesting. Was he napping in the dark theater when it happened? I don't know. He probably. I don't know what he was. Doing. <laughs> no slander on the podcast. No, I was about to say something. And I'm holding myself back. This isn't CKC. Yeah. The um, but on at the Shining, the I think the first time I've ever had to do this because um, it's restricted, unfortunately, <laughs> and. Some very, oh, man. very thirteen-year-old-looking young fellows came Some in, like super, like, and they wanted to buy tickets to the restricted, uh, The Shining, and I looked at them and I just kind of shook my head and I was like, "How old are you?" And they didn't even lie. They went, "Oh, 14? And I went, "Well, this is restricted, I'm afraid," and that means you can't. Bless you for being so yeah. innocent, but this is not and, how and this they were works. Like, they were like, "What if I get permission from my parents?" And I, and I was like. I was like, I swear I've been in your shoes and I think I've said the exact same thing. But unfortunately, our hands are tied and this is the rating. You have to be 18. And they were very nice. They, they, they weren't punks. They weren't angry at me or anything. But then they were, they were with, um, like, I think an older brother or something who was 18. And they, he, the, the older brother was like, if I'm with them, is that okay? And I'm like, no, it's not. Because this, this is, this, as yeah. if it was 18A. And everyone was very nice, but I felt bad. I felt like, oh, and I just, like, I, I know there's, unfortunately, it's one of those things, like, on the off chance, you know, but, I, like, if a parent gets angry at you or somebody finds, like, a theater can get in trouble for breaking those rules. I have shut the, down. Uh, yeah, so you can't, I felt so bad about, you want to be the cool guy. In order oh, to be shut down, someone from 20, so the Warner Brothers, who produced The Shining, would right. have to be here. Right. Or someone from the Ontario Rating Board would have right. to show up. No one's ever been here for it. No. We could show triple X <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 13 year olds A long. Yeah. We'd probably get away with it. But uh, yeah, that is the law. Yeah. And have, it's you, have, have any of you been like on the receiving end of a mother's wrath? No, you were, or right? Something like that? That's happened to me before. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. She called in yeah. because you let somebody in? We let underage people into our movie? They weren't underage is the thing. She, was oh. like, she didn't think that the subject matter of the movie was okay right. and I was like well, you know, they are this old and this is the rating of the film mm -hmm. so yeah. maybe just talk to your kids. I talk to your 40 year old yeah. son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so tough because like I've said this before and I don't want to like instigate further censorship but like like 
a 14-year-old can walk into a bookstore and buy The Shining book, no problem. Oh, man, my about, mother was like... Yeah. But not look at But it. can't go in. Yeah. That's, and I find that so strange. I like, love The Silence of the Lambs, and I really, really wanted to watch it. Like, it was one of my mom's favorites, too, and yeah. we had it on tape, and I just wanted to watch the tape, and my mom forbade VHS? me. VHS? Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> you like, read the book? No, I hadn't read the book. I just, like... Oh. I liked Anthony Hopkins (laughs) in other movies that I had seen him in. Before Silence of the Lambs? I think so. I don't know. Name three of those movies. (laughs) I I would not remember. I'm not good at that That's right. But I think he named his name for himself. I know. Yeah. But there were, yeah. He's very handsome. um, But you have to understand that I was like, this was like, I was getting older and then I found out about Silence of the Lambs and wanted to see it. So he had been in other movies after that. Oh, right. Remains of the Day. You loved him in Remains of the Day. Nixon. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it's like, like um, one, one of the movies I snuck into was The Crow, and I was like 16 or something yeah. like that. And at 16, I probably looked, you know, nine. So I ended like, up watching it on TV. Yeah, 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 especially the first, nowadays. The first R-rated film I snuck into was House. Oh, House is great. Yeah, and I remember we snuck in to see House, and in the, the theater next to it, Nine and a Half Weeks was playing. I'm like, why don't we go see the porno? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we watched House. And, 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 and then I remember when I moved to Ottawa in 1986, my mother snuck me into Alien at the bike. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was rated R. And she snuck me in. I, I looked older than I was. I, I still regret not seeing Nine and a Half Weeks on the, yeah. on the big screen. You had a beard already when you were 12. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I could grow it in an hour. I could go yeah. behind the theater and grow it and come back out. No, um, I was just thinking about the other day, the other the R-rated movies I used to sneak into. Um, I wish I still, I wish there were still things I wasn't allowed to go to. Yeah. It's so much more fun sneaking into things. Well, I remember drive-ins, which I think are like a no man's land of, mm. of, of ratings, because my dad brought me to stuff like like RoboCop, and I, I remember watching RoboCop and being like, I'm way too young to be watching this. Like, I feel like often their double bills are like something kid-friendly oh, sure. and then something really not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Alien, the first Alien film, in 1979, I was six. Yeah. I saw that at the drive-in. Yeah. We were parked watching 101 Dalmatians, and if you exactly, turned around, yeah. <laughs> the Alien was on the screen. This is at the Britannia, and I made my mother turn the car because I was bored with the Spotted Dog movie. Yeah. <laughs> and we watched Alien. That's yeah. weird too at drive-ins because, like, especially back in like the '70s and '80s when there was still like nudity in movies, like you could be watching I miss nudity. Cannonball yeah. Run here and yeah. turn to your left and there would be like Porky's or something. Yeah, yeah. Right? I remember like, I saw Cannonball Run two at the drive-in and there's there's and it was air it was Police Academy double bill with Cannonball Run two. Police Academy had, Police Academy had boobies. Yeah, and I was in the drive-in yeah. with my parents. And me and my dad were sharing the same room. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it's funny, yeah, drive-ins. I mean, I guess anyone from the studio heads of the film board could probably shut down any drive-in yeah. that's open by just going in and knocking on a few windows in the cars. Well, but what's rated R anymore? Nothing's rated R. Yeah, and that's why I'm surprised, like, is, is there precedent to taking an R-rated movie like Shining and, like, retconning it? Can you go back and say, yeah, like... Yeah, they, they do that from time to time, but you have to do it. You have yeah. To, you know, sometimes a film will get re-released. Like, like you know how Star Wars got re-released in 1997. Right. Rate, <laughs> excuse me, that rating's not going to change. 
but you'd have to, they'd have to spend money. Right. Wonder Brothers would have to spend money and resubmit it to the Ontario. I wonder yeah. what Rocky Horror Picture Show would be rated. I think they should do it to Rocky because Rocky is rated AA, which is a rating that doesn't exist anymore, but we have to stand by what the rating says. Yeah. Uh, it would, yeah, I mean, I think Rocky should probably, but 20th Century Fox doesn't care about Rocky. No. Or the, the other film that they have, and I wish they could make available, I remember when we started, when we opened the theater, they didn't have any prints, and now that everything's gone to digital and DCP, they still don't have a DCP of Russ Myers Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Oh. I'd love to yeah. start doing that monthly. Yeah. Uh, and there's no Blu-ray of that movie, so... It's coming out on Blu-ray in, in the UK in like a month hmm. from Arrow Video. But 20th Century Fox has a policy that you have to show either 35 million oh, or DCP. Okay. So I can't show a Blu-ray of that film. So make the goddamn movie yeah. available. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's like Rocky Horror, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they don't care. They, they only care about what's opening on Friday. Right, right, right. And is, is Beyond the Valley of the Dolls X? Yeah, it was. Yeah? Or no, it's still... No, it was X and then... But that, you're talking about American rating. American rating. It's probably rating. R-rated here. Yeah, it's probably R-rated here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's, it's like, funny. In the United States, a movie gets a one rating for the whole country. But in Canada, right. it's provincial. Yeah. So a movie might be rated R in Ontario, but rated PG in Newfoundland. And G uh, in Quebec. And that's, that's why America, American, rated G in Quebec. Yeah. American studios hate Canada, mm -hmm. and a lot of independent filmmakers hate Canada, because you can't just release a movie in Canada. You have to get it rated in every province. So yeah. spend money yeah. for each province. So each province, you have, yeah, the studio has to spend money to have the film rated. In the United that's States, you spend it once, but here it's 10 or 13 times you've decided to do some territories. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know Russ Meyer hated Canada. Yeah, I knew him before he passed away, and he used to always complained. Especially, he hated Ontario. Right. Um, but he hated the idea of releasing his movies up here and having them rated in every province. And, and Herschel felt the same way. And people don't, you know, there's a lot of films that get released in the United States don't get released in Canada, mostly because of that. Yeah. Well, even there, there was a uh, French Canadian film that that um, was getting some like festival buzz, mm -hmm. and you were saying that it's not even available in, in, Canada, in the rest of Canada. Right. And that's like a brand, I completely forget what it's called, but it's a brand new, I read about it because it was at like Sundance or somewhere. And so that's a film that's only getting released There is a law too. There is a law saying we cannot show a movie at the Mayfair or any cinema in, in, in Canada unless it has a Canadian distributor attached. Right. So if a US distributor hasn't sold the film in Canada yet, it, we, we by law can't show it. Yeah. Um, it's a law that I can't find online. Right. And I've asked distributors to send me. I remember once we showed a film that I booked directly from an American distributor, and this one Canadian distributor got mad at me mm -hmm. and told me, there's a law, he's saying you can't do that, Lee. And I said, oh, yeah, what's the law? I said, where is it? Can you show it to me? And no one's been able to show it to me. No one's been able to show me. I mean, most laws are, like, written down, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It must be, like, a speeding law. It must be in a book somewhere. <laughs> you could probably Google that. <laughs> I need to find the, I'd love to find this Google. But now more and more filmmaking, you know, and if you do, if you do, and sometimes we have, it has to be blanketed. It has, if it's not rated in Canada, it gets an R rating. By default. Period. By default, right. yeah. yeah. So, like, you could make a film about with puppets, about flowers and cupcakes. Yeah. But if it's not rating, it's, if it's not rated in Ontario and we show it, it has to have an R rating. Yeah. And Which doesn't mean that we can't let younger people in. We just have to put R on the marquee. No, we shouldn't let anyone in. Yeah. Unless they're <laughs> 18 and above. No, it's true. We have to follow the R rated law. Um, yeah. So, there's a lot of things now, I guess, being made strictly for home video and, yeah. and, and on demand and all that stuff. Um, you know, we just showed back in time and we had to give it an R rating because yeah. it wasn't rated here. 
It's so strange. Yeah. But it's, it's even like, so we just screened Army of Darkness, which I love, and that's a restricted movie that I snuck into. And you watch that, and yeah. yes, there's it's monsters in it and stuff, but you're like, this is not a restricted yeah. movie. And I think the only thing that gets it is like there's a little bit of swearing in it. So you'd have to convince Universal Pictures yeah. to spend the money to have it re Yeah. They probably should. I mean, it's, it is a movie that we do well with every time we show it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, again, they only care about what's opening this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fascinating. And, and because um, when they did it on TV, the mindset was, oh, we're going to put ratings on TV. It's going to make TV tamer. And it just made TV insane because <laughs> everyone just went, oh, okay, sure, slap a restricted on us. Yeah. We don't care. And then like that was the birth of... Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, yeah. etc. Et but on TV, it's they're more concerned with swearing than with violence. Like you watch Casino on TV, all the violence is intact. But when Joe Pesci says the F word, it's like covered yeah. up with like, "What the heck are you doing?" I love Blade Runner. And, uh, sorry, not Blade Runner. Uh, Blazing Saddles on TV because it's basically just a western now. Like all the jokes. <laughs> yeah. <are cut> out. <laughs> it's just a straight western about a black cowboy. Uh, and I, I, I don't think they like. I mean. Um, like, the networks, I don't think, show movies as much anymore. I think it's all just gone to, like, your HBOs and stuff. If they do show one movie, they show it five times a day. Yeah. It's so cheap. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, movies were on once a week. Right. You had to tune in on Thursday night or Sunday night yeah. at 9 o'clock to see the one movie they're going to show all week, and it was exciting. It was Poseidon Adventure, yeah. show all we show. But now there's the same movies are on all the time. Like, you'll watch... Casino on TV, next on HBO, or next on whatever channel you Bravo. want to yeah. Casino. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch that. It's yeah. cheap. They spend the, they, they buy the rights to show it on TV, and then they keep showing that damn thing. Well, it's like infocommercials. I forget who was talking. It might have been Kevin Smith. Somebody was talking about when he was a kid, after school, at like 4 o'clock or something, there was something called like the 45-minute movie hour. And they would take a movie like Planet of the Apes or, or you know, some kind of, like, adventure, 70s, 60s, you know, Robinson Crusoe, and take, like, a two-hour, 90-minute movie and whittle it down to 45 minutes. So there's this generation of kids from certain parts of the States where we <coughs> had that channel who have these, like, crazy stories. And, and Kevin Smith said, this sounds made up, but I went to see Planet of the Apes years later, and they cut out the end. So on, t on his little 45-minute version... Charlton Heston gets on a horse and rides off into the sunset in the credits roll. And so we got to the end when it's like, you blew it up into the, the big reveal that they're on Earth. That was not in the 45-minute cut. And he's sitting there in the theater and his mind is blown because they had whittled down so much of the movie. I think they did that for 8mm, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. do, like, little shorter versions. Yeah. yeah. But, like, that's, that, it's an interesting challenge, but to say, like, we're taking a two-hour film and cutting an hour 15 out of it. Well, it sounds like the first time I watched Step Monster, like, um... I don't know if you guys remember YTV Fright Night. They okay. used to play like yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween episodes of stuff and like weird, creepy movies. And there's this movie called Step Monster starring Alan Thicke and Corey Feldman. And it was like a favorite. We yeah. taped it. And I watched that tape <laughs> yeah. like a million <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah. But there's like half an hour of the movie missing because they yeah. like shaved it off. For when, I was a kid, a time slot. when I was a kid, television was invented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching Caddyshack the first time on television. And I had a VCR. I was like the only kid on the block at VCR, and I taped yeah. it. And I used to watch Caddyshack over and over, but I taped it off television, and it was, they cut out scenes. And eventually, later, like decades later in my life, I finally saw the aerated version. And they cut out the scene where uh, Bill Murray finds a chocolate bar in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sniffing it. That's my favorite part of the movie now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should probably talk about the Mayfair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this always happens. Uh, so, so we have The Walk. The Walk. Coming up on Friday. Which, by crazy coincidence, I just watched 
the documentary moments before finding out that we were getting this film in. So then I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh, this is, it's weird. Is everything, but. It's funny, we got that film quickly from the distributor. Yeah. Because they had a strange release on that film. Robert Zemeckis, I guess, got to put his foot down and say, I only want to show in IMAX screens. Oh, okay. So only played at Silver City like for two weeks and played very limitedly outside of IMAX. Then we got it. Like it only opened like two or three weeks ago, right? Yeah. Like, I'm surprised they gave it to us, but I mean, it was only playing an IMAX screen, and as soon as that whittled down, we got the film. Yeah. Um, it's uh, the trailer. Robert Zemeckis directed it. He did the Back to the Future trilogy yeah. mm-hmm. and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you go see the trailer, it says from the director of Flight. Yeah. And <laughs> use well, cars. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, it, says, it says Flight, Forrest, Forrest Gump, Gump, and Castaway. Yeah, you're it's, leaving out his best. What, movie. <laughs> what lies beneath? It's like the new Steven Spielberg movies there, from the director of Always and Hook. Yes. <laughs> and Amistad. <laughs> hey, no, don't trash Amistad. No, please do. Um, but anyway, I took my kids to see the film, and the, yeah. um, their palms are sweating. Yeah. The, the second, because I guess halfway through, but by the time, before the second act is finished, they're in New York, and they're on top of the World Trade Center. Right. And my kids couldn't wait for them to get down because they were so afraid of watching the Like, it really gives you this effect of being up high on so a... Yeah. Probably shouldn't watch it. Like, I'm really afraid of heights. <laughs> well, all you have to do is close your eyes because you're in the movie theater. Yeah. Or look down at the floor. Yeah, I guess so. Just don't get so sucked you up into like it. We're locking, the, we're locking the doors. We're not yeah. letting people <laughs> yeah. out during the screenings. We fastened to their seats. No, it, it was, it's a really effective film in terms of uh, making you feel like you're up high. And I find too, it was really fun watching. Like it. I, I don't like 3D, and I've seen so many movies that mm-hmm. were 3D, but in the 2D version, and it doesn't negate it. Like, like yeah. I remember seeing. Oh yeah, I used to have those feelings. Before yeah, 3D was invented. Like as, as like, well, if you just watch it in 2D, and you know, like perspective, like some guy standing two blocks away and is smaller, and one yeah. guy's closer. My brain doesn't go, why is that guy really small? <laughs> like I, I get what it is. There's a know? lot of things about yeah, about, about 3D, going to see 3D cinema, and I'm, I'm, I'm. You're seeing Star Wars in 2D first, right? Yeah. I'm seeing in 3D first. 3D takes away a lot. It takes, like you said, like foreground. And, and yeah. You don't think of those things. You don't think of rack focus. You don't think of even how wide the, you know, I'm always noticing if a movie's in scope or flat. Yeah. But in 3D, it's just, you're just looking at, you got some. What's sticking into your face? It takes away a lot of my favorite things about the aesthetics of film. And then, you know, I'm seeing the, the Fury Road. I saw that in 3D. And then I, the second time I watched it in 2D, and I started enjoying it more as a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you, know, you notice what the lens is doing. I yeah. just find 3D is this, like, gimmick. And, like, I remember, remember on, like, VHS when I was a kid watching Friday the 13th 3D. Mm-hmm. And you could just see, like, the ten parts in the movie where Jason, like, stabs towards you. And, like, you can tell they were just like, okay, we've got to put one in every five or six like minutes. Ten things the juggling seems the best. Yeah. And they juggle the balls into the camera that's above them. But then when I see, I've seen so many, especially cartoons here, like the Pixar stuff or, or, or um, uh, Despicable Me or that kind of thing, which are 3D. And you can tell the only part that they do really 3D is, like, the end credits. Well, I, I find, yeah, once the opening credits are done... It's, it's done, yeah. You're not watching a 3D movie anymore. Yeah, they do, like, a big big logo yeah. in the opening credit, and then they do some kind of goofy thing where, like, a minion, like, drops something in the end credits. But everything else... Most like, movies aren't shot in 3D. Yeah. They're it, post-converted. I remember seeing seeing Thor. I had passes to see Thor years ago, and he there's one scene where he throws the hammer at you, and that was clearly mm. 3D, but the one hour and 57 other minutes of the movie... I forgot, except yeah. for having sunglasses on my head. 3D but. cinema doesn't exist because filmmakers really like it and they want to continue with it. Yeah. It only exists now because 
the cinemas oh, look, get to charge more money. It's yeah. just dollar signs. Yeah. It, 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 and it's hard to hard to not see it. It's hard to see a 2D version because all the showtimes are all in 3D. So yeah, it is. On Fury Road, there was only matinees. Yeah. And then when we showed it, we had 200 people a night. Yeah. Because we were the, the only <laughs> cinema that did evening shows of, of Fury Road in 2D the way... Um, George Miller wanted you to see it. Yeah, and even even on like Facebook, some people are asking for for uh, for the walks. They'd oh, is it 3D? And I and I always joke like, no, we're screening it in glorious 2D, and nobody complains. It always gets like a thumbs up, you know. Because oh, we, we can't promote. We should promote it in 2D. Yeah, yeah. We can't yeah. show 3D because we yeah. don't have a silver screen. I, I, I could get one. We just don't want to do it. No, yeah. I, I have so, a friend who like gets like seasick, like cannot handle 3D at all. Like even if it's not it like gives a, me a massive headache. Yeah. The downside of wearing glasses. Yeah. Like you can't. It's oh yeah, putting glasses on top of your glasses. Like, yeah. Yeah. And if it's a dark movie, like you're wearing sunglasses, if you're watching something, maybe not like like Harry Potter, something that's not bright daylight, it gets yeah. all muddy. It gets They're all supposed to increase the your, the the light that's bouncing out. They're supposed to increase the bulb that's inside the projector uh, up a third because putting on the glasses makes the image darker. And 3D's got to be bright for the yeah. image to bounce back. Often cinemas that aren't doing that. So it really is like wearing sunglasses in the dark yeah. watching a movie. It's just so dark often. Well, that's how I felt watching. Like, I saw The Walk in 3D, and some of the 3D effects were kind of, they were all right. Yeah. But then I saw The Martian in 3D, and it's like, yeah, it's really impressive watching Jeff Daniels give a press conference in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad we only have 2D because that's the only thing I want to see it in. Um, so yeah, so the walk from Robert Zemeckis. I'm enjoying movies more on Blu-ray these days because they're not in 3D. Yeah. You take a movie home and you put it on. It's like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad when movies are more impressive at home than they are in the cinemas. Not at the Mayfair. Though. Not at the Mayfair. Not, not no. at real movie theaters. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> uh, so the the squeaking in right before, or, or sorry, uh, Halloween encore kind of uh, is the Green Inferno, which we have on Wednesday and Thursday at nine and nine thirty. Uh, and then a little while after that, we have the next Eli Roth film, Knock Knock. So we get two Eli Roth films back to back. <laughs> this one kind of... They're probably the last Eli Roth films we'll ever show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he seems to be making more movies for Shape the Video these days. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of a tribute to the 1970s cannibal holocaust. Well, it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's an exact ripoff, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, the... Uh, Ruggiero Diodato directed Cannibal Holocaust. He was going to do a sequel, and the title of the sequel was uh, called The Green Inferno. Yeah. And the last time I talked to Ruggiero on the phone, he told me, Eli Roth just called me, and he's really <laughs> sorry that he stole my title. And he hung up with him. Um, yeah, he stole his title and tried to do his own. Whereas Quentin Tarantino asked Enzo Castellari, yeah. can, I, can I use yeah. Inglorious Bastards? Can I use that title? Yeah. Um, yeah. What else are we showing? Uh, so then... <laughs> 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 Painted land. Then we have the oh. return of uh, for our, what, what I always group say. Is seven. The the, Go what, ahead about the group what, seven. what I like about our scheduling is that like right now we have a horror cult film. We have Rocky Horror. We have Walk, kind of a mainstream kind of os possibly Oscar type mm -hmm. film, and then Painted Land, a documentary. And what I always like about the Mayfair programming is that often, sometimes there'll be somebody oh too many horror films, yeah. and you can always point at it and go. Well, we have painted land. We have the walk. There's not well, too many horror films. Yeah, I, I've heard that a lot. Um, you show too many horror movies. <coughs> and this is my argument. I yeah. say to them, you know, the biggest university campus in North America is 
a few blocks down the street. Yeah. Do you think it's a wise business decision when the students are at campus yeah. to not show horror movies? Yeah. <laughs> no one's coming to eight, nine o'clock movies anyway. It's, Just stay home if you don't like horror movies. Yeah, and, and, and it's like past your bedtime. And the <laughs> but any week where we're showing a horror movie, we're also showing a Meryl Streep other movie stuff. or a documentary or a Pixar film or there's plenty of other yeah. options. Um, and it's also a week before Halloween. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. We always go a little nuts. Yeah, which is, I think is in perfect. Perfect to have a you know four or five weeks of Halloween films, uh, but yeah. So Painted Land I will, is a documentary about uh, exploring out the inspiration for the paintings of the group of seven, and so we have that. Can you, how many of the group of seven can you name? None. None. <laughs> Jackie Pollock. No. 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 <laughs> Herve Villages. <laughs> If Herbie Villages is one of the group of seven, I'd be a different human being. That's More Billy Barty. <laughs> That's the twist in this film. Didn't Herbie Villages hang himself or did he shoot himself? I think, well, he killed himself. We should talk about suicide for the rest of the <laughs> Um Yeah, you know, it's funny. The phone keeps ringing right now. We're doing this show. I keep hearing the phone ring yeah. because people are calling in to, fi to buy tickets to Rocky or a picture show. We should, too bad we can't have the phone right beside them and like yeah. just have <laughs> one of us on the phone yeah. being really impatient with people to just, like, just come to the Mayfair, yeah. get your tickets, stop calling. Box office opens at 4.15. We, yeah. do, we do so well at Rocky or a picture show, we don't have to be polite to the customers. Yeah, <laughs> they're coming anyways. <laughs> We'll be very polite with him in regards to uh, the Green Inferno. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a delightful cannibal movie that you should bring the whole family to. When Rocky Horror is like, fuck off and get to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's, but it's, it's that. It's people wanting to order tickets over the phone or asking if they could put them aside over the phone right. and having to explain that to them. But it's that, and it's people um, thinking that we're keeping stuff secret, like... We're not going to tell you what movies we I have coming up. Yeah. And I always say, and now I just kind of cut and paste or apply over, of basically saying that, you know, when, when, it, when, when you book a film, and if, if we happen to be around a computer, it's up in seconds. Like, it goes up on, on, like, I'll whip up a poster, and it'll be on Twitter, and it'll be on Facebook. So, like, we're, we're not like, we got some surprise movies coming up in November. They're all on the website. They're all there. And people seem to forget that they can just look there and see what we have coming up in the next few weeks. I wish people just come blindly to see movies. Like oh, I love doing that. <laughs> Dangerous Men. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Dangerous Men trailer here. Oh, I don't think I've seen that version. Yeah, it's there's really a newer version, but yeah, it looks great, sounds great. I kind of love when people come in and they're like, what's playing tonight? And sometimes I'm like, what do you mean what's playing yeah. tonight? And then at the same time, it's like, Cool, just buy a ticket, go sit down, <laughs> you know? I love... See if you like it. I love going into a movie blind. I hate... I don't watch trailers very often, and... Uh, Did you watch the new Star Wars trailer? I have not yet, no. Um, but back in the day, I worked at a theater in Vancouver, and... Uh, what was it called? It was called uh, Fifth Avenue Cinemas, and we you were... Fifth Avenue? It was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it like... It was Newfoundland. It was Vancouver. <laughs> it had... Um, four kind of smaller screens and one biggish screen, mm -hmm. and it would be like, it did a good mix of like independent stuff, but also play like Star Trek or whatever. But we were premiering Run Lola Run. And besides for having a poster with a cute redhead on it, I had no idea what it was, like none. And so I sat down and it blew me away and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And like speaking of Star Wars, like imagine if you could have gone into 
episode two not knowing Jango Fett was in it. Like, just that surprise. You know, it's so impossible nowadays. I remember but... seeing The Empire Strikes Back as a kid. Yeah. And R2-D2, there's a scene at the beginning in Hoth, R2-D2's going through the tunnels, and there's ice falling on his head. Yeah. Because the Adats are walking. Right. And they're knocking, and I didn't know what the Adats looked like. I didn't know what was knocking the ice down. So when I saw the Adats in the theater as a kid for the first time, yeah. that was the first time I seen it. Now with trailers, there's no wow factor. There's oh, yeah. There's nothing to wow you anymore. Apparently, The Force Awakens will still wow you. Yeah. According to um, Jar Jar Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, but a, a friend of mine was in Toronto during the festival once, uh, and he was walking down the street, and someone came out of the theater and was like, hey, we're showing you a new movie. Why don't you come in? And he had no idea what it was, and they dragged yeah. him to this theater, and he watched Reservoir Dogs. Right. Whoa. Yeah. I'd like to, something like that to happen to me. Mine was like 9 to 5. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dolly Parton dragged me into a stuff. Saying almost fire. <laughs> Who cares? Well, there's even like, was like we screened, a couple of years ago, we screened uh, Avengers. And I had seen it without, and it's not too hard. I just don't go onto the spoiler websites and stuff like that. But I hadn't seen, I'd seen one of the trailers, but not, I guess, like the, the follow-up trailer. And I'm so glad I didn't, because sitting here in the Mayfair, I saw the follow-up trailer, and it gave away, like, four big plot points. Mm. And there was a part in the first Avengers movie where this kind of, like, like evolution of the Hulk, and he's learning to actually save people instead of being a monster, and he saves Iron Man from falling to his death. And, like, there was this sense in the theater of, like, a cheer, and it was such a surprise. And I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't see the trailer first, because I, like... It just gave it away. Like it just I, I know, so I know because my I have kids that go to school, and I talk to kids a lot of the yeah. time because um, I should probably be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I speak to a lot of kids about Star Wars, and I know I meet so many kids who've never seen Star Wars, but yeah. all of them know that Darth Vader's Luke's father. Yeah, and it's sad. It's like the, yeah, that that shocking shock and awe we had, and they all know that that woman in the Crying Game has a penis. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a good movie, though. It's not, <laughs> it's not only good because she has a penis. It's good. But I haven't seen that. it because I... Because you won't watch it because you know where the penis is? Yeah. <laughs> well, you like, still watch it. Like, imagine if you could go in, like, not knowing the end of, of you know, Citizen Kane or something. Like, oh, it's impossible. Like, I remember being in a video store with my wife before she was my wife. Mm -hmm. I wish it was still like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But I remember going to... I think it was Rogers. I don't know if you remember when video stores used to be. Yeah. But uh, tw uh, Planet of the Apes got re-released on, on VHS by, right. or DVD by 20th Century Fox. And the cover of the box was Charlton Heston looking at the, oh, the, God, the, the yeah. Statue of Liberty, yeah. which is the end of the movie. <laughs> and I said to my wife, don't look at the video. It ruins the end of the movie. And she said, I know how Planet of the Apes ends. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah? How does Planet of the Apes end? She goes, they're made out of people. <laughs> <laughs> and I really shouldn't have married that woman. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's amazing when you see the end of movies, even in trailers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, even... comedies are the worst because comedies yes. they put all the funny jokes in, so there's nothing left to laugh at. Yeah. In movies, those are the word trailers you should avoid more than anything. Yeah. Well, I um, remember, God, whenever this was twenty years ago, the trailer for Aladdin for Disney's Aladdin, it was like a three-minute version of the movie. Yeah. And it showed everything. It showed the genie come out. It had little clips the from each song. The funniest genie part. Yeah. The, and, 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 at the, and I had seen it after I'd seen the movie. And even as like a 14 or 15-year-old, I was like, I'm so glad. I, did. I would be furious right now. It's, it's, it's a weird catch. And, and it's like, if you want to, you can go online and find all these things. And I just, I got to the point of, even like, say, with comic book websites, I found they were, they were leading with the spoiler. And, and mainstream people started doing this too because like 
a few years back, if, if like a character was getting killed, like a really popular character like Robin or somebody, New York Times would lead with Robin to be killed next month. And you're like, not like big plot twist coming. And I, I was not so angry. Suspense yeah. And, and it, but it's, a lot of times I think the studios for comics and movies are the same. They're stuck, they're, their hands are tied because they want to tell you the crazy thing to get you in. They're just like really excited. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets a lot of publicity, but then you ruin it for the fan who would like that surprise, right? Like, but like, so yeah. So, I mean, there's some movies where like The Walk is, we all know it's good. We all know that guy lived because he wrote a book about it, right? <laughs> so, but that's complimentary to the filmmaking is that if it's still edge of your seat and all those cliches. I'm still going to watch it because I'm really afraid of heights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are or not? I will. But, but you, you do the marquee. I do do the marquee. <laughs> but do you know how long it took me? Our ladder in Orleans was shorter than this one, I think. And it was also way dinkier. It's so high. I fell off it. It's so high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dinkier? But yeah, it was dinkier. This one is like solid. You said that word it's in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. Oh, right. Um, in the form of a question. Anyway. <laughs> oh, the other thing we have this week or coming up is the, uh, the Cellador Film Festival. Yeah. Uh, and what I think is cool is because, you know, often we, we can't show films because of whatever reason or, you know, we're, we're trying to make money and it's a business. And I think if it was up to us, we'd be showing Army of Darkness once a month, you know, like... But so they're showing a film called Lisa the Fox Fairy, which looks just crazy talk. Like it, it's it's this um, it's like part fairy tale and part horror film and part musical. Like it, it just looks nuts. It's a good date with Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that's the subtitle of his yeah. autobiography. It's on his Facebook profile page. Part horror yeah. film, part musical, but fairy tale. Part fairy tale. <laughs> Just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy talk. That's my review of Andrew. <laughs> but uh, it's cool these guys are doing this because they're, they're doing, hopefully they'll do it again next year, maybe come back for a couple nights. But mm -hmm. anytime somebody could come here and rent the theater and play a movie I want to see that does not have the financial risk of us showing it <laughs> is a plus, is a nice. nice thing. And there, there's a short film in front of it uh, called A Good Deal. Which is French. Yep. French-Canadian, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so come check it out. That's cool. Any, anytime there's a lo local film fest, I think, often it does well because when it's a local film, it does well because the blunt truth that moms and dads and uncles and aunts will come. And even we just had a screening here last weekend with, um, it was a TV pilot, not a film. but The Undersigned? The Undersigned, but it was packed. Like, I, I came in to, to um, watch the film after it, and they were, they packed the joint, so... Um, yeah, so come check out the Cellador Film Fest. Uh, I believe you can get tickets in advance through their website, but you can go check that out. And then come check out Lisa the Fox Fairy, which looks nice and crazy. And then you can go look at our website. We have a billion upcoming films of all genre. Uh, Samurai Cop 2 is probably the craziest <laughs> near film yeah, it's coming. it's fun watching the trailer for Samurai Cop 2 followed by Dangerous Men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like both trailers. I want to see. I like Samurai Cup a lot. The first one. Yeah. There's a lot of like bad movies being released. The Room. Yeah. Birdemic. Uh, Miami Connection. I do like older films that are coming out, being discovered that no one's seen that are just terrible. Like Dangerous Men. And yeah. This looks fantastic. But Samurai Cup too. I don't know. If it's, it's a the sequel. first time you saw it, I'd want to see a sequel. They didn't do a sequel because they thought the lead actor was dead. 
Yeah, the rumor was he <laughs> was dead because somebody, another person with his name was dead who also worked in the film industry. Right. And then he went on YouTube with his shirt off and was like, hey, I'm still alive. I'm alive. And then you that led that. to, yeah. Um, yeah, so they found out he was alive. So they thought, oh, let's make a sequel. And they cast Tommy Wiseau in it. Yeah. And a whole whack of people. There's like porn stars and yeah. all kind of weirdos. And Tommy Wiseau's wearing a, a mask. Yeah. Because he just got a, he had, I think he just got a facelift oh. or something. <laughs> and he looks great. Oh, he's great. I thought he was handsome in the first place, but he looks even better now. There's this tough line in the sand with those kind of films where I find a movie that was just made that is a B-movie can be enjoyable as a B-movie, but then there's this more modern thing of like purposefully making a bad movie. Oh, right, yeah, that's Well, Samurai Cop is... is beyond incompetent, whereas Samurai Cop 2, they know, they're yeah, in on the right. choke, yeah. it looks competent. It's like they were talking about making a Troll 3, and I'm like, it won't work, because you guys, when you were making Troll 2, were just trying, trying to, make to make the a, best a movie. movie. Could, yeah. The beauty of Monos the Hands of Fate you know who, you know yeah. is that they just made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know who the costume designer was on Troll 2? No. Roy yeah. Gemser, Black Emmanuel. Whoa. Must have been the sexiest behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, Black Emmanuel is dressing people on that movie. She's my favorite of them. Probably also undressing them. No, no, I think she, <laughs> I think she only had sex on, on camera. She's retired <laughs> from that. She is. Um, I'm excited for Dangerous Men. And yeah, we've seen Dangerous Men. That's very powerful. I'm excited to see it again. Should yeah. we bring up the print? There's prints. There's 35 millimeter prints, but there's also DCP. I'm just afraid to fly up a print, a 35 millimeter print in Dangerous Men. Yeah. Have 15 people here. Yeah. <laughs> I pay a projections to show it. Do DCP the first time. If it's a hit, then we'll get the print. If it catches on in like, like the room and there's 200 people here at night, yeah, we'll have a print. Yeah. Here's a question. Are we doing 35 for Rocky Horror? Uh, I, I believe it, the DCP. DCP, right. yeah. 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 Um, there is a n really nice print uh, in Canada, and we usually always get it. But um, I don't know we're doing a lot of shows, and it's expensive to have the projections in here, especially late at night. Yeah. Um, so no DCP this time. Fair enough. The Rocky Horror Picture Show fans mm -hmm. don't go on. We we've, we've been showing the print for seven years. Yeah, yeah. No one said, "Oh, the print is so great." Um, but the, so we have Dangerous Man can be thirty-five, and there is another thirty-five option coming up. I thought. Oh. Universal Pictures hasn't thrown out any of the 35mm prints, apparently. Apparently, they have, there's a gorgeous print of um, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Mm. And they still Which, have... Yeah, we showed that one, 35. <coughs> tremors? Cool. Do they have Tremors? <laughs> well, even if they do, what should we do about it? <laughs> I love Tremors. <laughs> I love Tremors. Um, four just came out, didn't it? Four Tremors 4? Five. 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 Yeah. And I went to HMV. And uh, the manager there told me it's like the number one selling Blu-ray. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. selling. It's sell <laughs> he's, he's like it's out selling Magic Mike too. That's crazy. That's not a surprise. It's good. That means oh, that, that means there'll be Tremor movie. Six. Did you see Magic Mike too? It's terrible. I haven't watched. I haven't seen Magic Mike. What, why would I? Should I watch Magic Mike? The first one was directed by Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. yeah. I but, and he he uh, shot the second one. One of our old employees, it. Mary. Pretty much got hired on the basis that she was bashing Magic Mike in her uh, cover letter. I saw Magic it's Mike than part two. here, and I always sit up in the balcony. And behind me was a row of, and and not to be like cliche soccer about it, moms. but like a row of soccer mom bachelor party, bachelorette party. And I think I was lucky soccer to get mom out bachelor alive. party. That yeah. We should make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> they re they enjoyed that What's movie. The, they so really liked the movie. Uh, men can be misogynist. Yes. And what would you call women who? Um, Misandry. <laughs> there is a thing because I remember seeing a thing, and it was it was a, a row of uh, a lineup of women for Magic Mike Two, 
and they were just losing their mind. And I commented on it, and I was just like, imagine if that was 25 or 30 men in a line, which I'm sure happens because it's horrible, horrible it does, men, it does. just yelling like that. That's not cool. That's not like... <laughs> yeah, but that's like saying, like, all lives matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, like, it's like this um, Justin Trudeau thing. Exactly, yeah. Like, I'm not on the side of, like, ooh, he's la, la, la. Yeah. let's talk about him naked. Like, I don't... I, yeah. w- I won't, because I don't. We just but, have a hunky prime minister now. <laughs> but, but dudes do it all the time, so Have you ever like, been to a male strip club? I have. It sucks. I imagine it would be <laughs> terrible. But I think women go because it's funny, not because they... I find male go. nudity very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It is funny. Um, my friend got a stripper for her bachelorette party, uh, which happened at her parents' place. Like, so we brought this dude to her parents' place to do the thing and then leave. And it, I, we spent most of the night just asking him questions about his job. It, yeah. Did he cry? Like, what? <laughs> well, Did he, no, cry? he kind of wanted to like hang out and drink with his clothes on, which was... Was, fine by us. Was you know it like, I mean? the, was like this was, what the hell is your this job? This was his day job and then he was going to dentistry school? Was it one of those kind of stories? No. Like, this no. is what he did. This was his passion. Yeah. He loved well, being a stripper. passion. Yeah. Money. Right. Money. Oh, money. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He do whatever he wants because he just has money. Mostly male nudity is for comedy. I guess comedy so. Sake. Puppetry of the penis? That was a thing, right? Yep. That There's signs up for that now, I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, Lee and I will be touring across uh, <laughs> Ontario. We're each other's penises. This time. Usually I handle just mine. Let me Andrew give a turn. <laughs> uh, if it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, yeah. it's not funny. And on that note. And on that note. <laughs> how do you know when the show's over? We go for about 45 minutes. About. Yeah. Approximately. About. Right. At 45 minutes, it just cuts right, right off. Someone should just knock this mic We try and get about five penis jokes. In. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then walk. We've got two in. Two? Should okay, so we've got three more. Three more before the show ends? Leave them wanting more. <laughs> Is there a 35 millimeter print of Color of Night? Because you see Bruce Willis' penis in that movie. I hope, yeah, remember, I remember I hope they were all destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible movie. Um, that's... No, that's Disney now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a Disney movie. It, it is. is. Isn't it a ho- it's Hollywood, pitch- Hollywood Pictures. Yeah, Hollywood yeah. Pictures. That's owned by Disney. So no, there's no prints. Disney was like no. the first one to burn all the prints. Oh, Disney. And Color of Night was probably the very first. Yeah. They didn't put, put, right co- on top of the pile. They didn't put, put Color of Night in the vaults with like Fantasia and... No. Song of the South. No one in the world is talking about this movie right now. <laughs> no, is Not it? even Bruce Willis's mom is talking about. Oh, the, who's the one? Jane March is the girl. And I remember being excited because I loved The Lover. Do you remember The Lover? She, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was young and naked in that movie, and I like all those things about movies. And I was so excited to see her in The Color of Night, but it's a terrible movie. And it's from the director of uh, The Stuntman. Which is a good movie. But did you ever see the making of the stunt? He made a feature like Doctor. Yeah, it's really, it's really cheesy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the stuntman is good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so we thank our friends over at House of Targ for sponsoring us again. Uh, they got new video games there now. They got a new X Men game and something well, else. I want them to get Spy Hunter. Yeah. Didn't they get Lethal Weapon 3? Lethal Weapon 3? Lethal, Lethal Weapon pinball? 3. The they pinball. got the worst Lethal Weapon movie but, on pinball. But the yeah. pinball has has a gun. It's like, yeah. which is crazy. It's, they it's, should get like Police Academy 5. <laughs> <laughs> they did have Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think they have a thing now where they, they take the worst of a franchise. They'll they have, have the Phantom Menace pinball machine. <laughs> they had the Phantom Menace pinball machine, I believe, if I remember correctly. They had a Star Wars one. Star and, Trek 5. Yeah. <laughs> Jaws 3D. 
I wonder if those exist. <laughs> and Amistad, the pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's a giant whip. <laughs> no, you have to cut that out of the show. <laughs> you can't have that part of the show. <laughs> yeah, this good thing well, what else would it be? What else would they get? <laughs> the Amistad pinball <laughs> You know, because it's the worst Steven Spielberg movie. That's not the only reason why I brought it up. No, it would be uh, always, the always pinball machine. There's always worse than Amistad. That's a good question. I haven't seen either of those movies, and I wonder if I should. No. 1941 is not a bad movie. No, I love that. Everyone, everyone, well, that, that's, that's great. People. Americans hate it. But that's a fantastic film. Yeah. It's Hook, what about, always. What about the horse movie? Well, you know, you can't horse movie. Well, War Horse, that's War Horse. all right. That's, well, War not, Horse is pretty good. Yeah, it's not, it's not shitty. <laughs> it's not like he shouldn't have gone into bed that whole month. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sad we don't live in a world where Spielberg is still Spielberg. Like, well, Bridge of Spies is excellent. I can't wait yeah. to show that here. It was shot on 35, uh, and I saw it on DCP, but you could tell it was shot on 35. It looked grainy. It looked really, yeah. really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So catch Bridges. Don't go see it now. Wait till the Mayfair shows up. When the Mayfair screen is Bridge of Spies. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. And um, I didn't look up an Audible book for this week. I couldn't think of one. Uh, I'm sure there must be a Rocky list. Horror. There must be a Rocky Horror-themed book on there. Something yeah, there's, there's something a Rocky Horror book. Out. Something that Tim Curry's reading. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that would be on Audible. What do you mean? Uh, we, oh, we, we do a, um, a, we're sponsored by Audible, so you download, a, uh, you can type in Mayfair Theatre Podcast. No, audibletrial.com slash Mayfair Theatre Podcast, and you can download a free audio book. Get a free book. I listened to Leslie Nielsen's autobiography, which is a book of lies. Right. It's just him bullshitting about his whole life, and he re- he does the book on. Oh, that'd be great. It's really it's really good. I remember <laughs> mowing lawns listening to that. That's <laughs> my favorite kind of audio book, and I've listened to a ton now. Whether it be uh, uh, Steve Martin or Louis Black or Tina Fey, it, them reading their own book, it's just like a one mm. one person show. It's like I also have Empire of the Sun read by Jeremy Irons, and he has ah. a really nice voice. I just listened to the, I finished listening to the, the epic length um, Jim Henson authorized biography, oh. which was great. But he's dead. A biography, not autobiography. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it was great. Who and read it? it? Uh, I think j- nobody famous, but like a, a. Grover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it was good. It was, it was, and it just talked about all the films, Dark Crystal Labyrinth, all the Muppet stuff, all the, the Disney merger things. Uh, you know, if, if you don't cry during the last chapter that's all about his funeral, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> and, uh, but that was a really great audiobook. And the next one I'm going to listen to is I got um, Patton Oswald's book. Oh, that's a good one. So this, that's next on my Read agenda. Patton Oswald? It is, yes. I like the idea of books reading to you. Yeah. You can multitask. <laughs> like you said, you're, you're doing dishes, you're doing the lawn, you can re- read a book. Listen to music is a waste of time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there you go. That's about it. Taylor Swift is crying. Yeah. <laughs> I wrap this up, and then I'm going to come back tonight, and I'm going to watch... Grandma tonight and yeah, me too. Good night, mommy. And I'm I'm oh, already here then. Yeah, That's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm terrified already. It's gonna be a scary night. You want to buy Rocky or Picture Show the tickets? Yeah, meet Josh. <laughs> I'll be up in the balcony. He's got a lap full of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, see you at the movies. Okay, see you bye. next week. Bye.